you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Right, we are live. How you doing this morning, Israel? You good? Can you hear me? Well, let's not let's let's not be dead right out of the gate. Uh-oh. There sound. Uh, there we go. You're you're coming through now. You're coming through now. You hear me okay? No, it's blinking in and out a little bit. There, you just came in. Can you hear me now? I can. All right, right on, man. Okay. I think we well, both have well, storms going on too. Well, yeah, both of both. Well, believe it or not, in California we have weather, which is super uh, because all over the place you'll see you can water your lawn one day a week. You know they put us to rations, you know, of water, and uh, <laughs> I think those rations are pretty much ready to go at this point. I mean, we've got snowpack. We've got rain for the last, I don't know, two weeks now of just solid rain. So yeah. hopefully we can, uh, you know, I don't know if we need to water our lawn after all this for a while, but <laughs> it's it's definitely it's, well, it's, it's definitely been something for sure. In what part of where are you at? Where 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 you calling? Where? Well, I'm I'm in so I'm in uh I'm in Chatsworth, California, which is a suburb of L.A. So I, I'm in the L.A. County, nice. and it's a suburb of um la so i know it sounds really cliche and awesome but it's i don't know it's not quite as awesome as people think so chatsworth has been really good to me though for my business i mean this small town has this small town here that i'm at is horse property land and it's on the far, far end of la so it it has um a, a strong history lucille ball lived here Mm-hmm. and different different you know movie stars lived here and and horses are still kind of prevalent here so you can see them all over the place you know riding and, and stuff like that so which is really which is really fun and, and yeah, you know in this absolutely. town this town's That's... been really yeah this town's been really really good to me you know i, I do anything for this and, uh, town and how how far are you away from huntington beach give or take Huntington Beach is about well. If there's no traffic, it's about a forty-five minute drive, forty-minute drive. It's not really that far. Are you going uh, out that way? Yeah, I'll be going back out there real soon. I go there, and I'm going to be stopping by uh, Laguna Beach too, which is about forty-five minutes out of there too. Have you been to Laguna no. Beach before? Yeah, those uh, the films that I put the clips for uh, uh, you'll see online a lot. A lot of those were filmed in Laguna and then Corona del Mar. Laguna Laguna Beach is a beautiful, beautiful place here in California. Oh man, for sure. 
It's mesmerizing. And if you like it's bougie, bougie stuff, yeah, you got some bougie bougies up there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So it's a uh, bougie and artistic, <laughs> man. Those people are so artistic. You wake I, I went out there for a group by the bonfire with a bunch of tribal savages, man. And when we got out there, I every one of them you talk to, you ask them, you know, like, so what's the greatest thing you've experienced? And every one of them had world travel. Everything about them was the joy for life. Couldn't wait to surf. Like, uh, even though we were talking about very dramatic and deep, uh, uh, different things that we were not only planning on breaking through, but basically everybody was in action already. It was amazing, man. Uh, uh, that place just drew a lot of real powerful, just really cool people, man. It's, it's, it's a beautiful place out there. There are some beautiful places in California. It's the government that sucks out here. So that's for sure. Yeah. Well, anything to make Joe Rogan and get up and move. Now, he moved out of L.A., but <laughs> that's uh, right. Yeah. he moved from there to Texas. Yeah. Now he went to Texas. That's exactly where he went, for sure. Okay, Israel, let, well, let me get I, a little bit of, let me get an introduction to you here. I'm going to write, read a little bit on your bio so people can have an understanding. We'll talk about where you and I met. We'll talk about your martial arts background a little bit and what you do. So it'd be fun. So today I got Israel Mandrate. He's a hypnotist, an NLP mind coach. I'll let him explain what that is. A high performance specialist with 20 years of experience. His obsession with limitless power of human mind has led to working with powerhouse executives, entrepreneurs, and athletes. Mandrate is also the creator of the 333 Masterclass, which teaches students how to reprogram positive life changes and experience high performance in daily life. Yes, and this sir. is where I got to meet you. So I got to meet you at a at the book camp. That's where we met for the first time. We kind of clicked because we have a martial arts background a little bit. Yeah. And so let's let's um, start there first, Israel. Where tell tell us about your fighting background, what you did, where you're at. Well, this is really wild. You know, when we met, uh, myself and you were talking about right right off the bat. We started talking about mind over matter. We started talking about your breaking demonstrations and about martial arts. I truly attribute everything that I do these days. And when I say these days, meaning for a very long time now, but I mean honing it the way it's happening now, all started with martial arts. You know, the, the word hypnosis being a misunderstood word, I always uh, show people, you know, it was martial arts where I learned hypnosis, not about putting people under or putting people into a state. But, you know, from uh, traditional systems, kata, we, we, we take these prearranged fighting techniques and we go inside our minds. And as we're going through those, they kind of structure a natural triggered response of how we would uh, become in a combat situation. But, you know, when me and you were talking about it, just like when you do your breaks, it's the mind, you know, when we're inside that, it naturally puts us into the state where other people would call it growth, growth mindset. For us, it was a martial mindset. It was an expansion of consciousness, and it changed everything in our lives. Every single aspect of our lives came from the martial arts. Um, and I started doing uh, training with a national-level uh, judo coach who had taken many people to judo nationals. And uh, around the age of 19, I fought in what's called the Tokan Classic. Now, this was right around when UFC was starting to pop, like right when it was very new. And I became obsessed with this idea of becoming a mixed martial artist. But, you know, you remember, you know, back then, you'd go one night and I would fight what was called pancration, which was very much right. like mm -hmm. uh, gladiator combat. 
Another night I was doing ballet Tudo and I would be there with mainly Portuguese speaking Brazilian fighters, but you're fighting in what they call no rules fighting or ballet Tudo, meaning no rules. Um, but what happened was probably about four or five fights in, I fought in Chicago against the world Thai boxing champion. I believe he was world Thai boxing champion, Mark Streeter. And back in those days, we had to fight three fights a night. So you had to kick you. You had to fight two different times to get into the finals. And by then, after two fights, then you had to fight for the championship. So that was back in the days of fighting three times a night, man. <laughs> and then that's yeah, that's then that's getting that's getting an ass whooping too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got to you got to fight tired. This is where the indomitable spirit comes to place, right? We may have a mindset to be a fighter. Do you have the indomitable spirit to keep on going when? when everything in your body tells you to stop, you know? Yeah. And you know, what's really wild, man is now you probably go by a different name. I'm guessing, but in judo, you, you, you uh, know, the term Randori or Randori. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So that, right. That's that the, right. Was where they would exercise you to death. They would, they would mm -hmm. take you to the point where you had no more left. And so Correct. you were exhausted, you were sweaty, you were in pain and then he would have me close my eyes and roll on the ground or do standing judo. And he said, as long as you're not throwing strikes, you know, and it was like uh, from the movies, man, he would say, you know, I want you to close your eyes. And then he started blindfolding me, but he would blindfold me for uh, uh, rolling on the ground. So his name was John Gusman, one of by far one of the best instructors I've ever known, ever met uh, beautiful, wonderful man. And he was, you know, to this day, the people that I help, I feel like I help them through a lot of stuff I learned from John, which were principles of art of war. Absolutely. You know? I think at what you're talking about right there, too, it is funny that when you roll, our jiu-jitsu coach has us roll uh, eyes closed quite often because our yeah. mind, I don't know, when, when you're rolling, right, exactly, you know, when, you, when somebody's grabbing you, you have in instincts to kind of grab back, right? As opposed to right, absolutely. As as opposed to feel where they're at and different things of that of that nature. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, that's definitely interesting that you have that you have that for sure. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good to and know. You, you know. Really good. You know, it was really wild, man. I just used the term growth mindset a moment ago, which we know is basically an organic interpretation of everything we do in one place starts to reach out in all the other places of our lives. I remember John telling me when I was learning how to roll on the ground blindfolded, he said, uh, uh, you know, at the time I had uh, I'd had a girlfriend and he was saying, you know, even when you're home with your girl and the two of you are in the most intimate moments, he goes, I want you to at times close your eyes and to feel the momentum and movement. He said, when you're inside, uh, you know, bookstore, he said, same thing when you're reading, moving, he goes, I want you to put this principle into everything in your life. Every time your mind is th thinking, observing, or interpreting, he goes, I want you to close your eyes and feel it from a different perspective. And man, that changed everything. It changed the way uh, even language. You know, when we're speaking, our mind is interpreting and therefore triggering. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's triggering responses that have been re that have been programmed. You know, and then for us to close our eyes, it causes a whole different response that we don't naturally stimulate. You know, it's it's fascinating. So 
when let's let's talk about the because I think there's a lot of misinterpretation of what you just said uh, when it comes to hypnosis, and we put our st- ourselves in a, in that state quite often. So why don't you let, let's let's talk about a little bit of what what you talk about there, what that means Absolutely. to you, okay? Because Absolutely. it is true, it is true that when you close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you, you know, I, I do this, I do this today, even if I'm doing forms myself, just so you know, and if I'm doing a kata, I will close my eyes and I'll kind of envision what the form is first. So I don't make a mistake at it. Number one. And then the next thing is, you know, when I open my eyes, I visualize that I have opponents in front of me and I'm there to, you know, I'm not there to dance. I'm there to do combat. Absolutely. And, and so I think that, yeah. right. So I, let's, let's, um, yeah, let me hear what, what, what your, how to, how to talk to people about what that, what being in that kind of a state is, because I don't know, I guess when you put headphones on and you're getting ready to get in the ring and you're going to fight, yes. are you not, are you not putting yourself in that state of mindset that, Hey, this is this, uh, I'm coming to do business. 100%. And you know, what's wild is I'm going to, I'm going to, Talk about something that's very unique is that is if you take any belief system or any learning processes back to the roots of its tribal essence, they usually had forms and ways to do that, such as when martial arts were being created. When martial arts were being created, it started by the observation of animals fighting. When we go in and we look at something like, um, you know, closing our eyes, doing anything of that sorts. What did they do in tribes? They used to have rituals or uh, rites of passage where they would do sensory deprivation. So that sensory deprivation, which you could see uh, Jocko will talk about this. Uh, Jocko uh, 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 will talk about it. The way that I like to talk about it is imagine when you say to somebody during a hypnosis session or you say this when you're just trying to calm someone down. If they close their eyes, the first thing that happens is, is all that happens all the stimulus that cause the issue or the trigger as a lot of people will call it the natural trigger responds to what we're observing just to close our eyes for a moment if you use the formula which i, I talk about uh covid right during covid everyone went into shock isolation indoctrination punishment and reward which is a programming technique that naturally happens But when we use it for something positive, imagine if we went shock, isolation, indoctrination. We'll just use those three. We're going through something shocking. So say a terrible emotion. Somebody's going through an emotion. Shock. So what do you do? The shock would be the emotion. The eyes closed would be the isolation. Then the indoctrination would be self-talk that's positive. So Mm -hmm. you use something that wild sounding. Shock, isolation, indoctrination, punishment, reward sounds like a real big picture but if somebody were to be sitting even a child you know and things start to get overwhelming naturally our emotions peak and they might close their eyes so the scary goes away now what they say in their head can change what is really there when they open their eyes a complete uh shift of perception just by using the principles of what we're being brainwashed with but to reverse it for it to be something positive. Mm, yeah, that's yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. 
excellent, excellent talk about that. Because I would say, you know, what's what's the best way to ask this? Where, where have I used my martial arts breathing, especially? Okay, here, here's oh, yeah. a perfect example. Late night cramps, right? You get oh, a leg yeah. cramp. And if, if, if you get the leg cramp and it just is like going on and you tense up, it tenses up. Yes. You relax and you close your eyes and you breathe and you yes. are talking that hey, I need to, you need to calm down. You need to relax. My muscle is not contracting right now. And I start to breathe <laughs> and I start to relax and it's, you can feel the pains right there. It's right there in the background. And I'm trying to tell that pain and you ain't coming, bro. Don't yes. be coming. So is that a form of what we're talking about? Well, this is what's so wild in the study of pain management specifically. Um, I was very blessed when I, I worked with a guy by the name of, of Dr. Scott Lewis. And he was the first person. This would have been in 2004, I believe. He started showing me the principles of pain management. Now, the one thing that I realized, and I didn't understand this uh, at the beginning, and that is the moment, like, say, for instance, you were to say, you know, hey, Mark, I want you to speed up your heart rate. Now, if you try to take your neurological and biological functions and make your heart just speed up, it'd be quite difficult. But if you closed your eyes and you thought of a situation that made you anxious, just the closed eyes and a thought would naturally begin to speed up the heart. Now, with pain management, something very wild, and that is disassociation. To be able to close your eyes and to be able to disassociate. So if I were working with a hypnotic client, just them having them close their eyes, and I'll say something as simple as, now just for a moment, imagine yourself, now I use the word yourself, could rise up out of your body. Now, just imagine that imagination while just them disassociating and pulling their themselves right which is themselves the body the mind the system is sitting right there but for them to feel like a part of them raises up and looks down at their body just that alone changes perspective which is the uh, the main principle of nlp or neuro linguistic programming which is simply changing the architecture of what's happening on the inside. The way we see something is the, you know, a fear or a phobia typically is something we're seeing in our mind. That's not even true. It's something that snowballs an effect in our unconscious from our unconscious into the conscious perception and keeps us horrified when, when we finally get there, it was never scary to begin with, you know? Mm, yeah. Interesting. Or it was scary once. And they still believe it would be scary, you know. It's true. I guess that's true. When you, if you can close your eyes and think of some Audio, like me, I'm having I, a hard time hearing you, my brother. I, I, can you hear me okay or not? Is that on your side? You good? You with me, Israel? Can't hear you. You with me? Are you there? I'm talking. Well, while we're talking here, let me, let me, uh, what Israel's trying to. Can you to, hear me now, Mark? I can hear you, sir. Okay. I can I hear you. you again. 
Okay. Now I hear you again, brother. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on, but a little clear. technical glitch, so we're good to go. But what you were talking about here, like when you have a thought and you can kind of get your heart racing, <laughs> you know, I, I was uh, digging through TikTok the other day, right? And there's this guy that does these uh, cave, this, you know, where you got to like go through these caves and you are flat and you can barely go through the, man, I'm telling you, man, my heart was racing. I can't even watch it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, I can't. I can't even deal with stuff like that. So you're right about that. It's amazing what the mind can do. Like it, it puts you right in that Absolutely. place of, of, of you being the one right there. And my heart is just going a million miles an hour. You know what I mean? So you know, I agree with it's, that. It's so wild that you say that because when they made the movie uh, with James Franco, uh, the story about the man who had his arm, trapped inside uh, uh during during a uh whether it was hiking or uh, mountain climbing i don't remember exactly but just to see him in that picture would cause that same response a terrible claustrophobic overwhelm yeah yes i'm telling you uh i'm telling you man I, I, yeah i i get i get all that this is what i think was um interesting to me when i got to meet you you know because a lot of I think when people think of hypnosis, you know, they, you know, they, they think that you're going to, you know, make them, you know, you're, a certain word's going to come out and they're going to stand up and talk like chickens or whatever. And, and, you know, run around the room and do crazy <laughs> stuff. And, you know, I'm sure there's, there's part of that, a show part of that for sure. Yes. But these, the part that, that I like to dabble into and try to uh, instill in a student is, is this mind over matter and what your mind can do. I think I had shared with you my mindset. I think that, I don't know if I shared you the story. It's in my book. It's when I was at a competition and, you know, I was kind of the man to beat that year. And Absolutely. on my last break, on my last break, my mindset wasn't when I'm going to, when I, I remember vividly going up to the bricks and I, and I'm in a super competitive dude, man. And, you know, I'll look, I'll death stare you from across the room when I'm coming up on you. You know what I mean? And your I'm super quiet. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm super quiet. I'm not a, I'm not a loud, obnoxious type of dude. I'm very quiet and very measured, but in, in, inside, I'm going to peel your face off. You know what I mean? So I was getting yeah. ready to do this brick break and I'm, and I'm up here like this. And I said, vividly, I said to myself, if I miss this, all my mm -hmm. hard work goes away. Yes. I talked myself right into missing that break because mm -hmm. I didn't approach the brick. And I said, and when I, I should approach the brick, and I said, man, when I smash the shit out of this, it is, I've, I own <laughs> this, uh, I own this thing, right? I didn't do that. Yeah. I second guessed myself. I doubted myself for one second. And I talked myself into missing the break, and I lost that world championship that day on that mindset. On just this one, is right. one principle. Yeah, man. That's unbelievable, right. dude. So is that not, you know, that's is that not kind of something that we talked about? When we, we stayed late hours when I'm like, you know, how do you dive your mindset into to making, you know, yourself – a win or whatever it is you want to do, whether it's whatever it is, you know, I know that we spoke a little bit about 
you know, I know that everybody wants, I'm not your typical looking uh, martial artist by any means. So I'm a big dude (laughs) and I'm very athletic for a big guy. Yes. And, and, and now I'm older now I'm a lot older, so I'm not near as athletic as what I used to be. You know, I'm, I'm beat up and I got mass, you know, I got knees that suck and uh, fake knees and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in my sixties now, so I'm not a young spring chicken anymore, even though I still like to get after it. And I I think that we, we spoke about this, all this stuff, right? Weight loss, cigarettes, everything else. And when I first did my weight loss, man, I'll tell you, I had, I tell everybody this too, you know, when I lost a hundred pounds, because I was a hundred pounds more than what you see today. I, you know, I carry my weight well and, and stuff like that, but I still was, you know, you look at old pictures of me I remember at, <laughs> at my son's wedding. I was just like, really just so out of shape. Right. And my mindset Israel was, I had some blood clots and I, you know, I almost died. I was supposed to die. I had double blood clots in my lungs. I was, I'm surprised that the Lord has even kept me here. There's obviously I got a purpose that he's not done with me yet. Correct. And so I remember vividly, you know, in the hospital and I had to put on a really good face in the hospital because, you know, Mm -hmm. my kids are nervous. My parents are nervous and I have a lot of students, you know, and I can't be Debbie Downer, you know, every time, you know, so I'm joking with the nurses. But at those alone times, man, okay, when you're by yourself Mm -hmm. and you wallow in, I don't you know, that was what I was wallowing at that time or the amount. I can't tell you the amount of times that the stress of being overweight would overtake you at night and you just can't get your mind right. But I will tell everybody that when I first lost weight, when I first did it, I had a serious mindset to do it. There was nothing that was going to get in my way to fulfill this, what I was doing, just nothing. That's when I started 75 hard because I knew 75 hard would push me to get mentally strong to Mm -hmm. that nothing can get in the way so how do you how do you talk to your clients and 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 give some tips on you know i did that on my own i didn't have a coach you know we listen i've had the best trainers in the world and i and i don't know if you can attest to this or not israel but i've had the best trainers i've got the best friends that are some of the top bodybuilding trainers i've had them for years but they could never do the work for me they could they could help me they could tell me but if I didn't do the work, it doesn't matter how good they are. You still have your mindsets and you have to do the work. How do well, you, how do you help somebody get to there? That's let's 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 get into their mindset of, hey, you this is how you're going to do it. Absolutely. Well, one thing is and I'm sure that uh, most of or a high percentage of your listeners uh, know your background. But for anyone who's listening, you know, like out of all martial arts that I've ever met, all martial artists yours and in your life's work really is the mind over matter. So the advantage, a lot of the mind over matter work that you've done, your demonstrations, the breaking, and it's a caliber too of a different, it's a different kind of caliber about where it comes from. Because at that time, those breaking competitions and those breaking competitions were ruthless. And they come from a background also of not just mind over matter, but mind over matter in action, live, under pressure. So, you know, for me, I got a a very high respect for you and just that that arena. But when I'm working with somebody and this is what's wild one day, 
I'm working with an executive that has confidence flowing from every pore, or it would seem so, right? And then the next day, I may be working with somebody, you know, if they're a professional athlete, I'm working with somebody who already knows in their mind what to do with pressure, how to work with pressure. But the amazing thing is, is it doesn't matter what sex it, uh, the person is, where their background is, any of that. We all have basic fundamentals that can be found anywhere and everywhere. And so those principles, if I'm working with somebody and there has to be a shift, that shift comes from metaphor. And that truly is, if there's anything on this planet that, uh, that I could share to people, period, is to remember we're living in a story. And that story, others can look directly at your story and it is impossible for them to see, feel, or understand from your reality tunnel. Now, that reality tunnel was a word that came from Dr. Tim Leary from Harvard back in the 60s. And he said that each individual is living in a reality tunnel. And then to the observation of anyone else, it's a completely different experience. So the answer to the question of what is it that shifts somebody's uh, metaphor? They don't have to know they're in a story for someone to tell them a new story. And the moment that that story is believed on a, on a biological and neurological level at the deepest level. A very good example is what I said to you earlier about when somebody asked me, can you help me stop smoking cigarettes? Now they thought I was gonna formally hypnotize them and then, you know, somehow, some way, this, uh, you know, hypnosis stuff was gonna make it go away. But this principle I'm about to say is the truth about everything I've ever learned in hypnosis, everything, and that is, they said to me, can you help me stop smoking cigarettes? And I said, you froze up on me, Israel. You with me? You there, sir? Sorry for the delay, folks, that are listening. I apologize. I know that Israel's kind of in a place where it's got a little bit of a bad internet connection because they got storms out. I think he's out in the Chicago area. So why are we working on getting him yeah, back here? With, uh, there we go. There you go. Now you're back. Can you back. see me okay, brother? I can see you good. Okay, so go back to that story. You had somebody ask you about stopping cigarette smoking. So the answer to the question about how do you change someone's mindset under pressure, under circumstances where they have no control or seemingly so of their own emotions, perception, and reactive time, that's the big thing. No matter how strong someone's ability is under pressure, it can be destroyed with a simple idea or what they own their life with the proper idea, it can be excelled through the roof under pressure. That main thing be, is being an unconscious metaphor. We consciously react when people say triggered, and it is truly one of the most, for lack of a better term, the most blasphemous term on this planet. I was triggered. Because when someone sa sa says the words, I was triggered, it is a victim frame. But if you say, one of my triggers influenced me to reprogram a more intelligent trigger that puts somebody back into a brilliant and be 
beautiful position. So I teach people how to hijack their triggers and just as easy as they were given that trigger, they can reprogram a trigger to that same event. So if you walk into a room and your trigger to be afraid, and here, to change the metaphor of what experience you're having and what that metaphor means, we can recondition that to be a completely new reaction which, which puts the person into a powerful position. Now, to give an example of how easy that can be, I'm going to say this in reverse. So anyone who's listening, I'm going to say the opposite, but it is the same principle. I was asked the other day if I could help someone stop smoking. I lied to them. Absolutely not. I can't. I help people with phobias. What's your worst phobia? And they looked at me and said, spiders. Dude, I freak out when I see spiders. Oh, I can't even think of it. They were triggered by the word spider. They were freaking out. So I told them, I've only got a couple of moments, but go ahead and close your eyes. And I took them through what we call hypnosis. But what hypnosis is, is emotional anchoring of a new metaphor in such a way that when I made him believe that it is spiders, he can't get close to them at all anymore. So <laughs> what we did is we changed the metaphor mean and from cigarettes with spiders, you touch them, it's going to crawl up your arm and scare the shit out of you. And that's how we solved a lifetime of one cigarettes. Now people would say, yeah, but does that really work? And here's the answer to that. If you're in a car and let's say, for instance, you were a confident driver, but for some reason, and it won't happen, but you happen to get into a bad accident. If you get into a bad accident in a place where you were once safe, it can make the car mean something different. It can make the highway mean something different. And even the smells and unconscious perceptions that are being absorbed unconsciously are now associated to that accident. Therefore, cars can become a scary thing. Or driving on the highway could become a scary thing. Now, the wild thing about mm -hmm. that is, is that basic principle that we just shared in all life forms, every nationality, every human, no matter what their belief system is or what their background is, their neurology and their biology is still, lack of a better term, and it is just a term, enslaved by this process. Now, if we change the term to highly empowered, it's the most cool thing you've got going you have to know is don't be afraid of words like hypnosis. Be enthused by the idea that you can reprogram yourself as easy as you have been programmed unconsciously. So, which I think brings it to a lot of things, because I think even the night that we were there, I mean, you are amongst a lot of people that think it's hocus pocus anyway that right and the only i the only thing what well, first of all what does the word hypnotic mean let's ask that question what does hypnotic mean well it's because so i feel like because if you look go ahead oh, sir go ahead. i'm sorry go ahead so there's so many definitions but one of the most profound was by the psychologist Carl Jung. 
and he was into Gnosticism, Gnosis, right? And all of those things veer towards the unconscious mind. Now, Carl Jung was a spiritualist, and one of the things that he taught is that we can go into states and to make it safe for the, for the world to hear in, in any way, we'll call it an alpha meditation. He's basically, hypnosis is putting yourself into a state that is like meditation, but with using the proper psychology to change what happens in that state. Now, there, when people say that, they go, well, is it this, is it that? And here's the easiest way to figure that out. When we look at a child under the age of seven, they're in alpha state. Because around till the age of seven, we neurologically are naturally in a state of imaginative, creative stimuli. That's what that is because beta waves, our brain waves go beta, alpha, theta, delta. And the moment we start imagining, our brain waves go from beta to alpha. That's the sensitive open to where a metaphor can replace the stuff that's ruining your life or not up to par with what you know that you came here to do, be and see. Well, so that means, because <clears throat> I say this quite often, I, I almost felt like I was in some hypnotic state when I competed. Yes. I go off to my, I went off by myself. I kind of, I kind of focused my mind. I kind of focused on what I was going to do. I didn't let other distractions in. Uh, I, I tried to yes. have very, you know, very little self doubt. Right. Mm -hmm. Because in my, in my world, it wasn't, um, I hope I win in my world. It was, I'm going to win period. And Not then enough. period, that's just the way it was. And then, mm -hmm. Because I want I want to ask you this question because this 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 is the the things about these podcasts. Sometimes I feel like I, I get in a, my own personal time with people, but I'm no <laughs> I'm not the only one that does. I know I'm not the only one that does this. I almost feel like I'm in a hypnotic state. I don't I don't see people around me when mm -hmm. I when I get ready to kind of focus in. I don't see a crowd. I don't see judges. I don't see any of that. I see what's in front of me and what needs to be done. Correct. And so, and then I do my yeah. thing <clears throat> then, right. Right. And, uh, I, I do have a mindset of, I'm going to crush you when I, when I get in front of you, I'm going to break your will. <laughs> I'm going to break your spirit. I'm going to suck yes. the soul right out of you that you shouldn't even stepped on the stage with me to do. You know what I mean? This is, I don't know. This is just me. This is how I, I do things. And I'm pretty much that way with everything. And not that I don't root for other people when they're doing it, but mm -hmm. and not and and I've told you this before that, you know, I had a life changing experience in competition where I was such a jerk to somebody and it changed me that day. Mm -hmm. Such negative energy. I shouldn't even won. You know, I'm glad I didn't win that that world championship right. because <laughs> my attitude, I shouldn't have even been able to win it. OK, I, I can't be teaching students. Uh, self-control and then I don't have any right I, I remember that day totally but I also remember I have a big it's almost like I'm such a heightened state that when it's done I'm super mm -hmm. quiet and I'm kind of mm -hmm. observing what just went on and it doesn't matter if I <laughs> if I fully win 
but it is worse when I do lose, right? Because I'm trying to get in my head on, okay, what what should have I done better? What could have I done better? What did the judges see that I didn't see? And I'm trying to get mm-hmm. these questions answered to the to it's almost obsessive. But I feel like yes. I'm in a, in a hypnotic state. And I almost feel like I'm in another one, a different type of state that's more depressed when I lose. So to well, explain that to me. Well, what was really, really wild is that when I saw you and I got a chance to see you go into that state and it was fascinating, man, because I saw that tunnel happen and that tunnel vision one, it is dangerous and deadly and it's a beautiful thing <laughs> in any kind of competition. I could feel where you were going and what level of force you were coming in with. Now, what's wild about that kind of adrenaline dump, which is also what happens a lot of times. I remember doing this too. When I was fighting, I would take my father who passed away. He had a necklace and I would hold that in my hand before I would go fight. Well, I would have anger, rage, uh, malicious intent to destroy my opponent. And then when I would get in there, I realized after a while that I was putting myself into a state which until the end of the fight, we were good. But afterwards, just walking back, it felt like I had had, an, uh, uh, you know, an adrenal fallout, man. Like every bit of everything just went away. It was the same, pretty much just like, uh, you know, when people party too hard, same thing. It's like where the body has literally been brought up so high that everything below it feels like a wong, you know? So, but watching you, watching you go into those states before, before you did the break in uh, New Jersey, you know, it was just one of those things that was very, uh, you can tell it was, you come from a uh, place of a competitor's mind, man. It's very powerful. Right. And so then I think you also saw me when we did the speech contest, right? The speech Uh contest was next. I get in those same kind of mindsets, the same thing. And, you know, I didn't win anything on that one. And Mm -hmm. I was trying to and then, you know, because I'm pretty quiet. I'm pretty quiet after competitions. I'm not quite the Uh same guy. I mean, it takes me a few hours to kind of gather into what just went down. Right. And trying to figure out why why that is. And it's such an adrenaline dump that I don't know. I had so many people ask me if I was okay. I was like, I'm good. I'm just I'm just chilling, man. I'm just relaxing. You know what I mean? And what you know, I don't know what that is. I don't know. They listen. I wasn't always like that, by the way. When I lost competitions, man, I was furious, man. Right. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? I'm like, I wanted to go again, right? I was ready to go again. If I lost mm-hmm. a fight, I was ready to go again. All that kind of stuff. And so that, I guess that's what, uh, I guess that's yeah. that's one of those things. But I'm not the only one that feels this way. I know that for a fact. I, you know, guys that are competitive dudes are, are the same way. Some people, they don't, it doesn't, it, it rolls off water like a, like on a duck. They don't, they, they don't give two, two rats about, nothing now i had a good time right. oh i didn't wait i didn't i don't care about winning i just want to get up there and have a good time and i'm just so not wired that way it sucks you know? <laughs> well you talk you know we were talking about metaphor a couple moments ago but just a uh, a large mammal coming in and busting through and smashing things not just smashing relentlessly 
but a honed focus martial mind of a savage coming in and doing huge breaks like that it's essentially it is the metaphor that would trigger every piece of that it's it's wild man yeah that for sure that that is <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. that's that that's good to know i think that's why <laughs> i talked to you about um having you know i i, I don't realize on how, how i even tell my own students and it's you know it's it's quite something to 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 watch even the youngsters right and try mm -hmm. to let them know hey you need to know how to close your eyes and only think about this thing you're only seven years old but i don't know man if you can get a seven eight year old to be part of their life is to to deal with stress in a different way where you can close your eyes and 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 uh, you know whether yes. it's bullying or whether it's words or nothing and, and, and that can come off yes i think the physical side is important because you put hands on me i'm putting hands on you back but if Absolutely. i can break through where the because you know it's ruthless i so i watched it with my own children it's ruthless going through school it's yes. ruthless you know by anything kids are naturally mean anyway and so are adults adults suck just as bad college is just the same thing <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. in today's world i wouldn't even make it in today's college you know what i mean i would kill somebody up in there you know what i mean i, I just <laughs> wouldn't, I, it just wouldn't it, it wouldn't it wouldn't do well you know, I'm not going to be, you know, bullied by a teacher or be told what to say or how to say it. It's just not in my DNA. But I've watched my kids have to go through this. My my own children <laughs> go through it. And I have so many students that have to go through this bullying mindset, you know, and it's just and I was bullied. That's why I am the way I am today. You know, uh, Absolutely, I, I was man. the I was the, uh, you know, and, you know, you look back on my pictures, you know, I wasn't one of these uh super fat one dudes i'm just bigger than everybody else man i lifted weight since i was 13 mm -hmm. years old you know i was just bigger than everybody and so i always had something you know coming at me and i had it all even in my adult world even owning a martial arts school just because of the way you know i look mm -hmm. or i don't fit the narrative and i used <laughs> to say yeah but when i kick you in the face you're mm -hmm. gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have a different narrative you know when I, when when that comes and so i've struggled with this you know my own self and this is probably why the way i am now today you know i'm super protective i'm a super you know protective mm -hmm. dude i don't like people picking on my students at all and yeah. i wish i could be there for them right i wish i could be there for them i'm watching you know my young female students that are made fun of in school for how they look mm -hmm. or how they talk or all the stuff that goes through it. That's why I called you a mindset type Absolutely. of a coach because it takes a certain mindset. Truly. And I don't care. As long as I've been teaching, it's still, still hard. So it, so you have a program now that's let's, let's talk about this optimum three, three, three. Let's talk about that. Cause you have mm -hmm. kind of a coaching program that deals with this kind of stuff. Correct. 100% optimized three thirty three was put together because I had reached a, just a certain point in my life where, and it was, it was right after COVID where I really want human condition. And it was one of those things where I saw how quick the world was convinced during the riots and everything else like that, that we really felt that way. When I saw, I could just see the dynamics of the human condition in the way that it was very easily veered to behave certain ways and all those things. It's, you know, all of us know it in our heart. Don't have to be uh, not even think deep to see it. We can see anything that separates people 
is definitely uh, very easy to understand the fundamentals of hows and whys. So it's uh, it's wild, man. Optimize 333 was essentially coming up with ways for the modern day for people to understand. I'll call it shamanism. Shamanism is like hypnosis. It's a weird word. People don't understand what that means or they wait. What, what are you saying? Now, the great thing is, is shamanism. They were just the original psychologists. They were they were the people in the tribe fundamental that was based or brought there spiritually, in my opinion, brought there them spiritually to be able to put people back on the path of purpose that they came here to be not in accordance to a religion or a culture or an idea, but to their own heart and to their own relationship with something spiritual. It's something that can't be found in a book that can't be found in word that can find it. Like you were saying, when you're all alone and there's nothing else except for you and the understanding of what's happening, that's where shamanism comes in. It's, it's really learning how to go from the inside out, how everything on the inside is causing the interpretation of everything on the outside. Yet there's an illusion that those two things are separate. But conscious mind, Einstein said this, he said that, um, you know, Einstein, when he mentioned trying to interpret the world that you're in with the central nervous system that you have is very similar to trying to weigh somebody with a thermometer. We have the wrong tool to measure the reality that we're in. Our central nervous system is in a three-dimensional perspective. And the truth about, we'll see this in near-death experiences. Every single person that goes through a near-death experience, no matter what tribe they came from, they all say, once you pass, there was unconditional love beyond capability of us understanding it. Two, my own internal debates about what happens after that listen to thousands of them and no matter what they thought they believed when they died and came back they said that there was not only unconditional love but there was an unbiased understanding that the world that you were in before this one was a simple illusionary process now don't feel too illusionary when we're in it but the but the, it is a sliver in time of eternity and that one of the prices that we're paying here is time we know that we're going to be here for a short amount of time and that we're going to pass. That's a horrifying perspective of the unknown. And yet at the same time, just by changing the framework on that, you know, a martial artist, a martial artist doesn't do martial arts for martial arts only. It literally bleeds out into everything. So I kind of look at the answer to optimize 333 and what makes it different. I take a metaphysical and spiritual approach to the science of how we can make change. Because the truth of the matter is, is like, you know, I'll say it often, you can't separate the mind from the body, the spirit while you're in the living. You can, I do it all the time where I help them disassociate or when different things happen, but we're made out of mind, body and spirit, at least in this incarnation, you know? Yes. And yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting take on that because yes, I know myself when you know, I would say, I want to know what you think. Why does music put you in a better mindset? That's what that's that's, that's the other thing. Because it is vibration and frequency. And like uh, Nikola Tesla, he said, to understand the secrets of the universe is to understand vibration and frequency. 
And if you look at what music does, this is, I'm so glad you said that because when people say, what is hypnosis? Hypnosis is when, oh, let's say 10,000 people are at a rock concert and everybody's standing there and nobody knows each other. Everybody's wearing different costumes, kind of. Everyone's their each individuality. But the moment the band that we all came to see starts to play that song, that one that we all love, and we all get to move together, and we're all listening to the music, that energy, that vibe, and even the meaning of the song, not intellectually, but the download that's happening to us, the symbiotic relation, the symbiosis that's happening between us and the music creates this family dynamic instantaneous. And then when the song's over, people may go back, but during that song, something so magnificent that it changes human behavior in mass. That's how powerful music is. I've heard people refer to music as the world's only real magic. And uh, again, it's language play because magic means something different to each individual. You know, the, and, I, and the magic of today is always the science of the future. At one time, lighting a lighter would have been, right? Now we know fire. You know what I mean? But at the time, it was, if you could create fire, you were magic. It hasn't changed one bit. Even today, when I say hypnosis, a thousand years from now, people will know what hypnosis is. You know, when computers came in and Steve Jobs and Bill Gates time the competition, they modeled a technology that kind of mirrors the way we think. And I think it's really helped while we see it. Internationally, there's an intelligence, uh, and I actually checked, by the way, our IQ points, I think it was two points, growth but yet people look more foolish because there's so much information pouring in that people are being different but we get more observation of it so but uh, uh since then our iq points are actually higher but people have less attention span but i found this out the other day it's because now we regulate where the attention is not because we have less of it even though we see with kids, they have more excuses because now they're being filled with, you know, BS constantly about how they're sick or they don't know what they're doing or whatever, which that's not the truth at all. They're not being trained properly to be able to tap into their natural abilities that were have not changed and not been taken away, you know? Yes. Interesting. So. That's a good, yeah, that's really good because I know that, you know, being at even even at church yesterday, you know, I was at church yesterday and I was like, you can feel certain, you know, songs for sure. I do this quite often. Yes. It depends on it depends on what how I'm how I'm feeling at night. You know, it depends. I got a couple playlists like, uh, you know, I've got uh, pressing and praying that uh, pray less. That yes. means I'm I'm pressing weight mm-hmm. in. And kind of praying at the same time is, and I, I, I do those quite often. I've got really good worship music that I like and, and I feel a yeah. connection to, to God quite often. And so yes. I enjoy that. So I've always wondered how, you know, music does do that. It, it, it It's weird. Even at church, you know, you can, you know, it's probably why they start that way. It's just, it's just, it synergizes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Very pretty much. convinced that God, God is well, Satan was the best, uh, the best angel ever when it came to music. So it it, it doesn't doesn't surprise it's, me that music <laughs> music is what it is. You know what I mean? So that's for well, sure. People but, have given uh, 
people have given the devil so much credit for writing some good songs, man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's funny, man, is that uh, uh, when we were talking about, you know, how do we make change? And I was I was using a term. I said metaphor and the psychology that goes with it. Then we talked about vibration and frequency. That's what a song is. Imagine you're in your any age could be any age at all. And all of a sudden you you hear a song that you haven't heard in 30 years, but that song was the song that you and your girlfriend broke up or you and your boyfriend broke up with in high school. The moment you hear that song, even though that song was from 30 years ago, the moment you hear it, your body naturally and instinctually begins to produce chemicals that are related to the experience that happened while that song played. Now, depending on what happened to that person over the years, they may hear the song now and instantaneously they've repro- they don't even know it, but they've reprogrammed themselves because of that pain to when they hear that song, they go, oh, that doesn't bother me. So now that song has made them either falsely creating a persona that can handle it or the very beginning of creating a persona that can really handle it, depending on the scenario, you know? I laugh because there is a there's a song <laughs> when it plays. I, I think I told you, I, I don't know if I told you about the the one competition and he was my nemesis for many years. Right. We would go back and forth on, uh, you know, we competed against each other every month until the end of the year finals. And some years, some some months he won. Sometimes I win. You know, we go back and forth. Mm-hmm. But in the finals, he played this song. I don't know if you remember it. This is how you do it. And he's smashing oh, bricks with, yeah. with a, right. And he's smashing bricks, and he's rolled up a, a magazine with me on the back cover. So he's smashing bricks with the magazine cover, and it's me. And I'm like, I do you know this story. Play. You did share that with me, man. And I do remember <laughs> that. It's, I was like, I'll never forget it. And I'm like, every time I, matter of fact, I, I can, I was just at the mall and I hear it come over and I, it instantly puts me back at that thing. Like, like that, like this. And I just like, I ball my fist up like, man, I'll freaking kill you, man. And, uh, I remember that so vividly because what I did with this song is I turned around and I put that song on when I broke. Same one he used, but you know, he got to do it first. So it always kind of triggers me right back to that day, to that world championship day. But it was, that's funny that you say that, that it doesn't matter. As soon as you hear it, I can hear two notes of it and it's already, (laughs) I'm right, right there. I'm like right there, right there in the competition days. Isn't that funny? Music is a a powerful tool, man. You know, it was so funny because I I taunted the word triggers earlier, but say for instance, imagine, uh, um, so what is a trigger when it's used in the opposite? It would be called an anchor. Okay, so imagine uh. an anchor holds a ship. When the storm is coming and the ship's all over the place, it's safe because it's anchored. So to be able to take a song from your childhood, which uh, this is this get into complex theory in a minute, so we'll use an easy one. But that particular song, just the way you went and got it, taking vengeance upon that moment for yourself, through interpretation and being able to hear that song and to know that that song was used for you to go out and then smash the bricks then win the competition you know it inst- 
instantaneously reinterprets and reframes that song. Now, the chemicals in which you feel might still be the adrenaline, the violence, the wild stuff, but the outcome on it is exactly the opposite, which is I hear that song, I'm kicking ass and I'm taking names. Period. <laughs> you know, and that's it, dude. So, was, yeah, and I saw it live, by the way. I remember. <laughs> by the way, grappling with you feels a lot like getting caught in farm machinery for anyone who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, I, I. We were doing a uh, little, little work with some leg locks and so forth. Yes. Yeah, man. I remember you went to do an underhook on my arm, and the, the arm lock that you took gently and lovingly still felt. <laughs> horrifying <laughs> it was great man it was yeah i wish we had more time to do that training man i i and i think rob rob would have really enjoyed a little bit more time with it too i i, I wish we had more time it sucked that we didn't but yeah that is what it is so absolutely I, uh, well i'll be seeing you in california soon brother yeah so when are you so, coming out here anyway uh, so I have a few things. I was going to go out in March, but sometime really soon, man. And if we put together, uh, we were talking about maybe doing an event where uh, we'd be working with martial artists or something of the sort. Right. So my guess would be uh, sooner the better, man. Love to come out there. And I uh, I miss being out there, brother. So. Okay. So I'll yeah, let's we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that on what we can do as far as uh, having you come out. You know, I like to. You know, I like to play with the idea of what it looks like to mm-hmm. you know get into into this state of this I, I don't know I just had something natural that I did you know what I mean I don't really know why I had it I just had it but I have the same phobias and stuff like that I, you know being around you can see me I'm, I'm kind of I'm an up and down guy right I can be you know super super jacked up and i'm super quiet you know what i mean i'm that quiet guy in the room you know what i mean when there's you know i I guess i'm a strong um outrovert that's an introvert i guess that's the best way to say it i can get on stage and do my thing but i don't like being the center of attention uh after after the fact just just something like i'm I'm just a natural introvert Mm -hmm. unless i'm either uh you know on stage talking or i'm performing or I'm competing. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I'm kind of the I'm kind of the guy in the quiet fits, sits in the back room, kind of watches everybody. You happen to have a really good personality. You're kind of you're kind of the same all the time, right? I, I've never seen you up, never uh, not up. I've never seen you down mm-hmm. at all. You're just kind of the same consistent player the whole time. And so it's, it was, you know, that was fun to. That's just one of those things that you have. You know what I mean? You know, it's been uh, that's really been in the last year where I started taking uh, fasting and certain other techniques, fasting being one of the main ones where I'll do long periods of fast. So it by fasting, using the techniques and every single day, never missing three times a day, I spend time reprogramming the mind, body and spirit. So a lot of those things like uh, when you see this even keel and being in that tempo that definitely was a reprogrammed response. I've, uh, in my life, you know, even when I was in Vegas, I partied so hard, you know, and, and, and very proud of it, loved all that stuff. But I did it to the point where the body, the body, mind, and spirit relationship, that's been in the last year where those, those things have be, become honed and become hyper-disciplined. So I have the word discipline tattooed across my chest. I figured I better hurry up and get to it. 
I like what you say. I like I like that wording hyper discipline. That's a that's a Absolutely. that's a powerful. I tell everybody yeah. this, too. You know, when you want to have something in life, you're going to have to be disciplined. If you if you don't have the discipline, you can wish it all mm-hmm. you want. You can wish it until you're blue in the face. And Absolutely. I think that's when, you know, that's the hardest thing for people that, you know, I know that of, you know, trying to lose weight and trying to be that person and they just can't seem to do it. And, and I don't, I tell them all the time. It's not that you're not, I said, your mind is not meeting your discipline, man. Yeah. You might be really, everybody's disciplined in the morning. It's when life gets yes. to you by two o'clock in the afternoon is where, yeah. where your mo- where motivation leaves and self-discipline has to step up and it is a simple reprogram, you know, and mm-hmm. the bottom line is you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm just weak there and I need to work yeah. on this weakness. And that's where I think I'd like to have you come in because it's not just weight loss. All right. This just happens to be my story, right? This just happens to be me. It, it could be the confidence of getting in front of a group. It could be anything. And to give some people some tools to doesn't mean it's going to go away, but it might mean that you can program yourself to be this hyper disciplined, like you said, machine when you need 100%. it. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. You know, one of my favorite is is you know when you see military boot camp, you'll see people go in, and I think about you know Vietnam often when I'm thinking about boot camp because you saw these young boys who were smoking pot, hooking up having a great free-spirited hippie-esque kind of life and then a very short time afterwards not being asked to come to war but being told if you don't go to war you're no good and then when they got there under that pressure by the time they got out of boot camp they were watching uh, uh, other young men next to them die which was not even in their paradigm now we've seen what that can do to different vets and what has happened over time. I, I come from a military background family. So believe it or not, World War I, World War II, uh, Korean War and Vietnam. Crazy, right? So I studied that a lot. And one of the things when you're talking about a disciplined life, again, when I use the dirty terms of shock, isolation, indoctrination, punishment, reward, we look at boot camp. What's the first thing they do? They reassign your name. You know, you're no longer uh, so-and-so, you're private shithead. Number two, right. <laughs> everything that you're doing, they put you in a, the easiest way to change discipline, change a person's costume, change a person's number or name, change their identity. Because by changing the identity of what we believe we are, if you take a so-called, uh, we'll, we'll use the term bum, but a homeless person off the street, and you were to put them in a three-piece suit and bring them into a fine dining restaurant, their body language would shortly change. The way, the charisma, the feeling, even the scent of their body would start to produce different chemicals if for a moment the part of them that forgot what they could have been or what they used to be can be restimulated within moments. But to do that, what we're submerged in around us changes behavior rapidly. So to be able to submerge somebody in pattern break they go to the military. First thing they do is they take their hair. Now everybody's head looks the same. Two, your private so-and-so. Everyone's got the same name, private. Last but not least, 
sleep deprivation, all the other stuff that, again, we hear in Guantanamo Bay, different play, things like that, where it's mind control, it's, it's reprogramming. But mind control weaponized is to protect us and our government and our, you know, the things that we do. But when it comes to the individual, to learn those basics and just to play like a child. If you were a child playing boot camp, what would you do? You'd put on, you know, when I was a kid, it was a ninja costume, <laughs> right? I put right. on my ninja mm -hmm. costume and I was a ninja. And there's a, that was all there was to it. And I was nine years old, damn ninja. <laughs> no, no, sands or butts. <laughs> So same thing, you know how it is when we put on our karate geese or we put on our obis or our belts and our, our geese, we regress all the way back to the first time we ever threw a punch. We instantaneously become the martial artist, you know, um, the smell of being on the mat when you're sweating and all that feeling and everything instantaneously that becomes a warrior, you know, and uh, when we were talking about music before. I, when I'm working with professional athletes, like, uh, for instance, an MMA, uh, you know, martial artist, I make them, make them, I, I help them reconstruct what that music means. They are no longer walking down to the ring to get into a fight. Mm -mm. They hear that music and they are going down to the ring to politely ask their opponent how they've chosen to lose. When they get down to the ring, they will not be in a fight. They're going to set booby traps. And they're going to allow their opponent to make mistakes while they simply show up and deliver the outcome in which they've signed up for, which is certainty in loss. You know? Mm. Awesome. So very yeah, much really art good. of war. It's a, a reframe, you know? Best book on the so, planet. Oh my Art of man. war is the best book. Any, it, any, anybody that's in, in combat. Well, you know what? I don't care if it's combat. I don't care if it's, if it's uh business. You need to, you, yeah. people should read the art of war for sure. hundred percent. And in those 13 chapters, those 13, 13 chapters, if you take, say, for instance, you're a business person and you've spent your whole life working on business. If you read chapter 13, which is the utilization of spies by reading that chapter 13, that would be the equivalent to doing your research on the other companies speaking mm. to other people not spies as in deception per se but the same principles for it the way that we learn about our own businesses by going and infiltrating other businesses and modeling after so uh laying 100%. plans which uh was that number two yeah no first one is uh yeah laying plans would be uh chapter one. First thing it says all war is based off deception if you go in there now that's true in combat so we must deceive our opponent to destroy them but when we're looking at all wars based off deception if you go in there and change that one word into influence now you have a manual the math of success by changing one word deception and put influence now you can be deceptive and influential or you can be positive and influential I always put the words positive influence because I come from a martial arts background and obviously we train ourselves not just to be warriors, but to be destroyers. It must, we must be right. Correct. Yes. But at the same time, when we're in, yeah, when we're in a business situation, guys like us usually aren't too afraid of our business situation, but the deception that lies in business relationship, all the different parts of life can, man, art of war is the mathematical equation of how to be successful in all aspects of life, period. Dude, I've never read a book that good in my life. And it's, it's, it, it is, me either. 
man, it is the one book that is absolutely perfect. So, yeah, it, for sure. All right, man. Well, we're an hour, 10 minutes in, man. We knew this would go a little bit faster. So yes, I wanted to thank you, Israel, for your time, for sure. We'll uh, get together and see about getting you down here. I'd like to get you in front of my people in, and and just you know that. talk about mindset and stuff a little bit, what that looks like and, and how to improve yourself uh, mentally. Because it's something that I need on a daily myself, right? Absolutely. We didn't even get into uh, some of the other stuff that, that, that we talk about, but. I think that mm -hmm. you, uh, you know, you were powerful when I met you. I enjoyed, you know, I don't really, uh, you, you know, if you know my personality, I don't, I don't talk to a lot of people about personal things, but I felt that, you know, I could share with you a little bit. Hey, give me some insights on here. What, what, what do I, cause I think people come to somebody like yourself and they want this magic pill. Okay. Hey, Hey, right. make me lose weight. Right. Uh, make me stop smoking. And right. you There's had a unique way, <laughs> right, right. You had a unique way of, of addressing different things, which I think is, is powerful, which is the art of war. So, you, 100%. Know, you know, so that was really good. So I really appreciate the hour, you know, yes. uh, the, I'll have my beyond the mat podcast will be uh, also, I'll have this downloaded today and it'll be uh, audio also. So people can go to YouTube now. They can relook at this on YouTube or on Facebook. We you know we're on Facebook Live. Different things. I'm on. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. We're live on LinkedIn and Facebook groups. And I'll have the audio of this done so that people can listen and and get a get a, a taste of who you are that way also uh, during that during their drives if that's what they'd like. And I look forward to our next, uh, you know, you guys, you getting out here and we getting after it. I'll be in San Antonio, Texas in March. I'm going to go to a yeah. speaker academy. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll call mm -hmm. you before I can because I'm going there to smoke some fools. So we'll uh, we'll we'll get myself ready, rock and rolling for that. Sound good? Do have you locked and loaded and ready to destroy, my brother? <laughs> I really appreciate All right, you man. a lot, man. It's really great, dude. I. Uh, Dude, I grew up loving the legends, man, and you are definitely one of the legends, my brother. And it's, it's, uh, it's an honor <laughs> well, I'm definitely a legend in my you. own mind. I would say <laughs> I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm just a, I'm a I'm a guy that's uh, been in, in in a lot of people's lives for a long time, and uh, I've been blessed to be able to do something that I have semi talent in, and I've been able to change some lives just like you do. So it's you know we're we're kind of Absolutely, synergy that bro. way. All right. All right, man. Well, we'll I can't talk wait soon, to get Israel. out there and hang out with you, brother. Thank All right, you, man. man. Talk soon. Much love, brother. Bye. Have a great day, man. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.